When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Fractured foot for the Rangers. Kreider as they trail the Flyers 4-1 early in the third. Also in the third, wild up 4-0 on the Blue Jackets. Avalanche lead the Hurricanes 2-0. Coming up later, Sabres and Golden Knights. The Penguins will play the Ducks. Oilers and Jets tomorrow. 6.30 face-off show here on 6.30 Chad. The game will start at 8 Andreas Athanasiu looks good to go. Kyler Yamamoto will find out tomorrow morning for sure, but he looks good to go. However, Mike Green out three to four weeks with a sprained MCL. Injuries mounting for the Oilers lately, absolutely. Canada West Women's Basketball Championship game. Alberta Pandas trailing the Saskatchewan Huskies 36-20 early in the third quarter. Both teams are going to Nationals. We had Pandas coach Scott Edwards on the show last night. He won Canada West Coach of the Year. Just getting underway at Claire Drake Arena. Game one of the best of three women's hockey final series. Mount Royal and Alberta. They, uh, they're still in the first minute. No score to report there. Curling tonight. Eighth end of the wild card game. McEwen has the hammer, but he trails Howard 3-2. Last year, Edmonton's Brendan Botcher won the wild card game and uh, did very well going all the way to the Briar final before settling for the runner-up position. And Brendan joins us tonight from Kingston. Brendan, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, thanks. How are you? I'm very good. I appreciate you joining us tonight. I know it's been a busy couple of days. What was the travel like over the last two days, Brendan? You know, the travel out of Alberta was uh, pretty smooth, um, but they had quite a storm out in Ontario this week. So it was a little bit of a grind getting to Kingston, but we're settled now. We had a great day of practice earlier today, and we're looking forward to getting started tomorrow. So tell us about that last practice before the briar. Is it different from others, or how do you approach it? As a last practice, more than anything, you're just trying to get confident, feel ready, like you've done everything you can do. So we spend lots of time just making shots, uh, doing what we need to do, feeling comfortable, and then leaving. Okay. <laughs> All right. How, how's the ice there? It's great. Um, they've had the same crew doing the ice for a couple of years now, and they do an outstanding job. Uh, and I'm watching the wild card game here tonight as well, and it looks great. So I'm looking forward to a good week. Now, what do you consider... And look, this is probably going to sound like a really basic question, but I'm a non-curler. I, I am just a curling observer. I've never uh, really played or anything like that. So for you, who are, you're one of the best skips in the world, explain to everybody what is good ice. What do you want out of the ice? So typically the more curl, the better. Um, so when we have curling ice in an arena, like the Briars and the Scotties, uh, often it's quite a bit warmer than we'll get in a curling club. And the warmer air conditions makes for a little bit softer ice, so the ice curls quite a bit more. And for the kind of shots that we play that are super precise, finesse-type shots, uh, that extra curl helps make those shots available. Are you watching the wildcard game tonight thinking, I'm glad I don't have to do this again? <laughs> yeah, certainly. It was, uh, it was a tough way to get to the briar last year. Uh, it's nice to know 
this year a couple weeks in advance you're going you'll be there the whole week last year was tough you you fly all the way across the country and then you're not sure if you're staying for 10 days or coming home the following morning well, that's yeah, that's a good point. It's a, it's it's a week long event, but for one of these two teams tonight, it's uh, it's one and done. This has been a pretty close game. What do you think so far of this matchup between Howard and McEwen? I mean, not that, I mean, not that McEwen is 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 really really young, but there there is a bit of a gap here between the the skips because you got Glenn Howard coming in at fifty seven years of age. Yeah, to me, it's been a pretty well-played game so far. Neither of them's taken a whole pile of risk, which I think is why the score is as low as it is. Uh, it's tough. Uh, usually you get to an event like this and you start playing okay, and then as the week goes on, you build up and you try and play your best around playoff time. And with this wild card format, these teams are forced to play their absolute best on day one. Otherwise, they're not staying for the rest. So that's a little bit unique as well. This is the third year of this format. You'll jump in and correct me if I'm wrong here, Brendan. It's the 10 provincial champions plus Northern Ontario gets it to 11. Three territories now. Each territory gets a team that gets you to 14. The defending champs are Team Canada gets you to 15. And the wildcard team gets you to the 16. That's how they expanded from 12 to 16. Is that is <laughs> did I yeah. get it there? <laughs> yeah, you've got it right. Uh, it feels like every couple of years they add a few more teams. And it's awesome. Now we're pretty much at a spot where all of the top teams that we play every week are here at the Briar. And that's really all you can ask for. If you have a good week and you come out on top, you truly beat all the best teams. And you deserve to be wearing that Maple Leaf. Well, let me ask you about that because this is an interesting thing about curling. There are players who live in other provinces playing for a different province. Like, for, like for example, St. Albert's Mark Kennedy is on Northern Ontario. I think each team is allowed one import. You know, with the, with the changes and with the expanded field, is it time to move away from the provincial format and just say, you know what, we're going to let 16 good teams in. It doesn't matter what province they come from or what city they live in. Like, would that work? Did you see that ever happening? Well, yes, I certainly think it could happen. Um, it's tough for Canada because we have this long tradition of the Briar being an interprovincial battle. Um, so it's tough from a marketing standpoint to have uh, Team Alberta, Team Saskatchewan, Team Manitoba, and then all of a sudden one year you change and now... We're just calling everyone by the skip's last name, the same as we do at all the slams. Um, but on the flip side of that, all the other countries in the world get to put their best athletes together on a team, regardless of where they live. And in Canada, we've been fortunate. We're deep in talent in curling, so it's it, in the past been easy to get a bunch of good players out of the same provinces. But I think we're definitely getting to a spot as the game keeps elevating uh, here in really the, the top players are not always in the same province anymore. And that's why they've kept having to massage the rules a little bit to allow the top teams to stay together because it's also a bit of an unreasonable ask. Uh, we're not professional athletes, so to pick up and move your lives and your families um, is often not realistic either. So there has to be some compromise there in the middle. You play Northern Ontario tomorrow, your first game, uh, five Mountain Time. Do I have that right? Seven Eastern? 
Yeah, yeah, I believe that's correct. Okay, so people could do a double header tomorrow. Your game at five, and then the Oilers game at eight. That would be a pretty fun way to spend your Saturday night. Mark Kennedy, like I mentioned, plays for Northern Ontario. Um, hey, have you got to know Mark uh, over the years here? I mean, I'm sure you've gone up against him a few times, but both being in the Edmonton area, has he, uh, you know, had any impact on you, or have you got to know him a little bit? For sure. Uh, so I would say I know him reasonably well. We've certainly played against each other for the last half dozen uh, years or so a lot of really good battles um, he took last year off but already this year I think we've had three or four great battles against those guys so they're a tough team uh, they're certainly one of the teams that should be competing at the end of the week if they're playing like they can and it's a good test for us right off the gate uh, and it's not always a bad bad thing to play those top teams early before everyone gets has gotten super comfortable is, is there a rink or a skip that you consider your personal rival? Like, do you have your own Matthew Kachuk, Brendan, to put it in hockey terms? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't say that. Um, that said, certainly Kevin Cooey and I have had our, our share of battles over the last couple of years. And those games are just a lot of fun. I think they're a lot of fun for both of us. They're very well-curled games for the most part. Uh, and they come down to a lot of great shots. And that's all you can really ask for and them being out of the same province as us means we play them probably more than just about anyone. Um, and you have the Edmonton-Calgary rivalry, which I guess would rival your Kachuk analogy. Right. How? What kind of a relationship can you have with other skips and other rinks? Like I mentioned, there's crossover between teams. Sometimes a player might be on one team and then move to another rink for the next Olympic cycle or whatever. You, you know, you're in the same cities and communities at Bond Spiels and big events like the Briar for weekends or weeks on end. So you might see each other out for dinner or if you go to the Briar Patch or whatever. Can you kind of still have a friendly conversation or even go up to a guy and say, man, I didn't think you were going to do that in the seventh or anything like that? Yeah, I think to maybe a small extent you can develop those kind of relationships we are a little bit of a, a traveling circus it feels like and in the winter we often see all these other teams more than we see our families in some cases um but it, it's also highly competitive and we don't spend a ton of time off the ice socializing with a lot of a lot of these guys it was actually unique for us to play in the continental cup this year because for the first time we were on a larger team with some of these uh, top players that we've been bashing heads against uh, for the last couple of years. And that was a unique experience because for the week, it actually felt like we were all on the same team and we got to learn each other and develop some relationships that I don't think we ever would have had otherwise. This is what, your fourth, Briar? Yeah. How yeah, does it number feel? Four. Number four. How does it feel different, if at all, from the first one? Uh, the first one, you don't really know what to expect. So you're a little overwhelmed. Uh, you've played your whole life trying to get to a briar. Now you finally got to a briar, and you don't really know what to expect when you get there. And that's, that's tough. Um, and I, by all means, I thought we were prepared. I thought we did everything we needed to do. Uh, and looking back, we were so unprepared. So um, in the grand scheme of things, I think that's what you learn. Um, and this being number four, I think we're we're calm and we're we're ready to go. We know what it takes. Uh, it's certainly going to be a long week, and all you can ask for is that you play well, and hopefully you're still playing at the end of the week. All right, I'm going to uh, have some fun with you here. What's the biggest misconception fans or the media have about Briar Week? Uh-oh, I stumped you. 
<laughs> you did, yeah. I'm maybe I'm there isn't one to come up with an answer. No, the the Briars seems to be pretty much an open book. Um, I don't think fans always realize how long of a week it is for the athletes. So I know there's three games on TV a day, <laughs> and for the diehard curling fans, that's a lot of TV watching. But it's a long week for us too. And last year, I think we were almost 15 games between the wild card game and then taking the long way through the playoffs to make the final. And that that's tough, and that's a grind. Um, and I don't think people at home always see that because you only see those top teams two, three, four times a week. You don't get to see all the other games they play. Yeah, that's right. There's the one game that gets the coverage and the highlights, but there could be some other tension on the other three sheets that, that won't get as long a look for sure. Well, Brendan, it's great to have you on the show. I mean, we've talked several times over the years. A couple of your teammates were in a few weeks ago when you clinched Alberta, so it's it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. You're a great story. You continue to be a great story. I hope we can find time to catch up for one of these during the week after a game, if it's even a quick one over the phone, because we want to keep the fans updated for sure. But all the best. All the best tomorrow in your first game. We'll be keeping an eye on that one, and we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Okay, thanks so much. That is Brendan Botcher checking in. Edmontonian skip for Team Alberta at the Briar. It is underway in Kingston with the wildcard game. They're getting down to the last two skip stones in the eighth end. McEwen with the hammer and sitting two, but trailing Glenn Howard 3-2. So, man, well, this one be, will be, it, it should be done by the time we're done at 8 o'clock, eh, Kellen? So we should have a final for people I on this one. So, yes. Yeah, it's been a pretty tight game. Love talking to Brendan. I mean, we've been following his career since he was uh, an outstanding university curler at the U of A and uh, now in his fourth briar. Man, he is doing great. It is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It is 719. You're still going to hear from St. Louis Blues defenseman Colton Pareko. All coming up. Tonight at 8, after Inside Sports, it's Charles Adler Tonight. Real stories, meaningful conversations, and informed opinions on your issues. Here's what Charles is working on tonight. Maverick MP Jody Wilson-Raybould joins me live from 8.30 with the answers as protests and blockades keep burning across Canada. Live Canadian perspective. Don't miss it. Charles Adler Tonight, 8 p.m. on 6.30 Ched. on Inside Sports tonight. So he plays tomorrow at 5. First game at the Briar against Brad Jacobs from Northern Ontario and St. Albert's Mark Kennedy playing for Jacobs this year. McEwen got 2, so McEwen leads Howard 4-3 in the ninth in the wildcard game. Western Hockey League tonight, the Oil Kings are... How deep into the game are they here? 8 minutes into the game in Lethbridge, no score. We'll keep you updated on that one you can text 780-496-0063 Yakishev says hey Reed maybe if you penned a biography about Bob Stoffer and his eventual rise to mediocrity you too would be accepted into the Professional Hockey Writers Association <sighs> another one for the to-do list Yakishev I'm a little hurt Yakishev didn't suggest a title 
Oilers are banged up. Dave Tippett with the update, starting with Yamo. He went through a practice today. He's, uh, we won't make a decision on him till the morning. See how see how he come out of it today. Um, Russell has been skating hard. First real good practice for him, so we'll we'll revisit him in the morning also. Uh, the other guys, Neil, is not ready. Clefbaum, not ready. Um, Nygaard, obviously, and Green is a new one. He just uh, had some tests done yesterday and didn't go our way, so it, uh, he's going to miss some time. All right, and the Oilers said it'll be three to four weeks without Mike Green as he gets over a sprained MCL. I'd expect Matt Benning to slide into the lineup and maybe Chris Russell. Maybe Chris Russell returns, and I would assume that would bump out William Lagason as the Oilers get set to take on the Jets tomorrow night. Tippett also commented today on that line of Athanasiu, Ennis, and McDavid. We'll see how it goes. It's, uh, both those guys have good speed and skill, so when the... Uh, we put them there the first game in Anaheim. They were pretty good. And then the second game uh, actually had some, some good chances in the first. And then uh, AA got hurt there, so it didn't, uh, we didn't get to see the end of it. So we'll, we'll continue with it here and just see how it plays out. AA, I feel like we should call them batteries. Well, maybe not. Probably your better nicknames. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classic Spun with a modern twist, NorthChickenYEG.com. The Jets come into tomorrow's game. Coming off that uh, victory over the Washington Capitals, Patrick Laine uh, did travel with the team. He blocked a shot yesterday. Don't know if he's going to play Nashville and Winnipeg, both with 72 points. They are tied for the final wildcard spot in the West, but big advantage to Nashville. They have three games in hand. The Oilers third in the Pacific. You got Vegas with 78 points. Vancouver and Edmonton both with 74. Vancouver has a game in hand on the Oilers, so they're placed higher. Calgary, that overtime loss last night, they lost the lead with a tenth of the second on the clock to Nashville and then lost in overtime. Calgary fourth in the Pacific. Uh, if the Oilers can stay in the top three in the Pacific Division, it doesn't really matter what Nashville and Winnipeg do because they wouldn't have to worry about the wild card. But if Calgary passes the Oilers, then you got to worry about what Nashville and Winnipeg are up to. Uh, a texter wants to know about James Neal long-term. Well, he skated today. He was on the fifth line at practice, which we haven't seen for a while. Ken Holland said uh, about a week ago that it would probably be two to three weeks for Neil. So maybe mid-March the Oilers could see Neil back, maybe a little sooner if things go well. But it's kind of dragged on with him. And uh, it's sort of... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Got worse than the Oilers thought it was going to be. Colton Pareko from the St. Louis Blues when we get back. Yeah, 
Sewell's teammate Kwaku Boateng in studio one week ago tonight. That was a very good interview. You ever want to catch up on anything? Sign up for the Inside Sports Podcast on iTunes or you can go to the show page on 630ched.com or globalnews.ca and get everything there. In the NHL tonight, Kreider fractured foot for the Rangers. And they're going to lose this one. It's 5-1 Philly with a minute left in the third. The Minnesota Wild still staying alive. 5-0 win over the Blue Jackets tonight. Four minutes left in the third. Avalanche and Hurricanes tied 2-2. Jost both goals for the Avalanche. Tara Vinen both goals for the Hurricanes. 47 shots so far for Carolina in this one. Starting in about half an hour, Buffalo at Vegas. And the Penguins will take on the Ducks. The Raptors trails Charlotte. 82-80 with eight minutes left in the fourth. Canada West Women's Basketball Championship game. Five minutes left in the third. The Pandas trying to rally. They trail Saskatchewan 52-47. The second quarter, the Pandas scored only five points. They came back to score 23 in the third while allowing only 11. So they've pared down what was a big Saskatchewan lead down to five so we'll see how that one finishes game one of the canada west women's hockey final at claire drake arena it's a best of three alberta against mount royal and the pandas lead one nothing in the last minute of the first period western hockey league tonight the oil kings trail lethbridge one nothing with six minutes left in the first period ninth end ninth end of the wild card play-in game at the briar mike McEwen leading glenn howard four three uh, they're down to skip stones in the ninth, and Howard has the hammer, but McEwen is up 4-3, so we should have a final for that one before we sign off tonight. You can text 780-496-0063. Kevin writing back, he says, I allotted myself so many beers during Inside Sports, and I'm lagging behind. I heard your report from the Okanagan Global Weatherman, and I decided to do a leap beer and drink two at a time. Well, see that now, Kevin, that is one astute. He might be the most astute of the 14 inside sports listeners that we have. How he can take information. Think of what Kevin has done. He's taken something timely in the news that it's a leap year. He's taken some information we've presented to him tonight. He's been able to assimilate that information. He's been able to make it part of who he is and adapt his behavior accordingly. All in the last 90 minutes, Kellen. There you go. I am very proud of Kevin. Absolutely. He's gone from the leap year to the leap beer. Perhaps the greatest Mm -hmm. transition in human history. Only thing better would be combining both beers. What is... Okay. Into one giant beer. You know what? I still think the discovery of fire... Probably number one in human history. Kevin, I'm sorry, but I'll give, give you number two with the Leap beer. Oh, it's definitely ahead of sliced bread, for sure. <laughs> oh, it's way ahead of sliced way bread. Way ahead of sliced Prob- bread. And ahead of the wheel. I'm going to put it ahead of the wheel. Sliced bread is toast. <laughs> Kevin, you've done great work. You know who else is doing great work? Now the puck to Taves. And then as he fired it through to the far side, poor Bavillier, he lost it. Pareko's going to get to it. Tried to force it in front to Shen, couldn't. Colton Pareko comes off the corner with it. Trying to wrap it around. He scores! Colton Pareko! Wrap around, game winner in overtime! Bring out the Zamboni! Comeback complete. St. Louis Blues win 3-2 tonight.
right. Chris Kerber with the call on the St. Louis Blues radio network. The star of that clip, Colton Pareko, the kid from St. Albert, with an unassisted wraparound at 323 of overtime as the Blues won their sixth in a row, 3-2 over the Islanders last night. Now, uh, Colton's a busy guy, so Dave Campbell had to uh, record this conversation with Colton while I was at Oilers practice. He's going to touch on that goal and uh, what he and the team have gone through with Jay Bomeister and his cardiac incident. Here we go. Colton, overtime hero. Thanks for coming on Inside Sports once again. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, uh, three on three <laughs> overtime goal last night. Uh, is that your first ever overtime goal in three on three, or in you know any overtime in in the pros? Uh, I am not sure. I think. Well, I think I had one last year, but first one this year for sure. Okay. Uh, if I can recall, I had one last year against Colorado, um, or yeah. the year before. Now we know three on three but, is yeah. uh, three on three is an interesting uh, dynamic. I think everyone loves it. I love it. Uh, I would rather they just keep playing three on three. I don't know how you feel about it because you're, you're actually playing the game. Um, you know, I, I love it more than the shootout. Although the shootout's kind of cool, but in overtime you yeah. uh, sometimes get the unconventional goal, and yours was kind of an unconventional goal, being that it was a wraparound goal. Describe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, kind of like you said, I, I I like three on three too. I think that. Uh, it's, it's exciting, um, but at the same time, I mean, anything can happen. I mean, you get one break and, and the game's over. Or one, You get one opportunity and you can win the game. But, no, I just brought into the zone. We had a mini two-on-one, and I tried to center it and hit the guy's skate, and so I stick the puck kind of landed right in front of me again. So I took it, and I thought the D-man was going to come at me, and he kind of didn't, so I just saw my opportunity to go to the net. And, um, yeah, and then I just decided to wrap it, and the goalie was still on the other side kind of, so... I chuckled because uh, Chris Kerber, who you know very well, the radio play-by-play voice of the Blues, he's been on this show numerous times. He's a really good guy and really good at what he does. Um, We we played the call, the goal, and he's uh, he's describing that you have the puck and all that, then all of a sudden it's in the net. It's almost like it surprised him. You surprised a lot of people, Colton. (laughs) I know. I mean, I looked at it around. First, I didn't see it, and then the second look, I saw the puck in the back of the net. So I'm like, all right, so I kind of even surprised myself a little bit. Is that just three-on-three overtime in a nutshell? Is that you have to kind of get creative and unconventional at times? Uh, I think so. I mean, obviously, it's definitely not where we're used to, but there's a lot of room out there, a lot of space. Um, Teams now, you'll see if they don't feel like they have anything in the ozone, they'll bring it back, they'll get a change and try to to make the other team tired. And I feel like there's just so many different ways to kind of make it it tough on the other team and different strategies, I guess. So, um, And like I said, someone could have the puck for – four minutes of the whole power, or of the whole uh, overtime and then the other team gets a one br- one break they get a two on one or a breakaway or something and um game's over so it's a, it's a fun way to do it i think uh fun way to kind of finish off a game if it's a tie. Yeah, there's no question of that. And, and a big win for your team. You've won six in a row, now four straight at home. Uh, what's been going right for your team right now? Uh, I think just a combo of things. Obviously right now we, we've kind of I mean, our last two games, we've we've been down in the third period both times, and we just continue to press and press and um, just kind of no no quit and just feel like we're never out of a game, which is obviously huge for us. And then I think that uh, just the way we've been playing, the style we've been playing, I think our forwards have done a good job of getting on the forecheck. If if they get it out, our forwards have done a great job of backtracking, um, kind of allowing us even to be tight on the on them other team. And uh, obviously, our goaltenders have been really well. So. Um, I would just say a combo of things like that. 
in conversation with St. Louis Blues defenseman Colton Pareko here on 630 Chad Inside Sports. Uh, I know it was a, a special moment in the building last night uh, with Jay Bomeister uh, getting a standing ovation in the first period. And before we talk about that, I got to take you back to uh, February 11th in Anaheim uh, when Jay Bomeister unfortunately suffered uh, the cardiac episode on the bench. Describe that uh, that scene uh, from from your point of view. It, it was. You know, obviously a scary moment, but but describe it from uh, from your uh, from your perspective. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really. Uh, there's nothing really for. I don't know if I need to be sharing many details, um, but obviously, yeah, it's very scary. Obviously, having a, a teammate like that go down, and um, it's you're just really really concerned, and um, I don't even know. It's tough to really put into words and even it's it's been a little bit but just still now it's very scary jay's in unbelievable shape he's one of our probably our top top our player that's in the best shape and um it just kind of goes to show that uh you have to be just grateful for for every day and everything and um we're just we're just happy that we we have jay here and um he's still with us because uh we're fortunate it happened where it did too uh obviously the, the people in Anaheim, our medical staff, um, everybody was did such a good job of coming on the scene quickly, making sure that they were hands-on as quick as possible and, and kind of making sure that Jay, Jay was uh, okay. So, um, I don't know. It's Yeah, I don't really feel like kind of sharing many personal details, but um, just scary. And uh, just, uh, I mean, uh, something I've never really kind of witnessed before in my life. So, yeah. um, just like I said, happy if you're gonna look at the positive you're just happy where it happened where it did and we had the right people on on board to uh to uh make things happen when when they need to but um like i said seeing a teammate someone you kind of you want a championship with um let alone your d partner too kind of something like that happened it's it's tough and it's stressful and um we we just wish jay the best and uh every time i get to see him at the rink it, it always puts a smile on my face so uh, i look forward to seeing him at the rink yeah, it means a lot to you, clearly. And you said, uh, you know, he's your defense partner. And um, you both are from this area. You're from St. Albert. And, and Jay's uh, minor hockey, you know, played minor hockey in Edmonton as well. And, um, I mean, from a from a personal standpoint, not just, just on, the, on the ice. We know what he means on the ice. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> what has Jay meant to you and uh, c- continues to, uh, to, to do for you and, and, and help you? Yeah, he's been he's been really good. I mean, just everything. Just from the day I got here, he he kind of took me under his wing and uh, made sure I fit in and made sure that I felt like uh, I was a part. Um, I don't know. You just do the little things like have you over for dinner and um, make sure that uh, everything outside of hockey is going well. I'm obviously moving away from my family and I'm here by myself in St. Louis, and um, it's nice to have his family kind of take me under their wing and make me kind of a little bit part of theirs. So um, that was obviously great but on the hockey side of things he's uh he's unbelievable he's he's literally done it all i think in in terms of hockey is one basically everything you can uh in hockey so uh having a player like that and just a, a guy like that uh on and off the ice that's been through everything is uh not every team has that so um we're very fortunate to have that and i've been very fortunate to to play alongside him for five years so yeah um I would definitely don't take that for granted. Yeah, we really appreciate you sharing those perspectives. And I know it was, you know, I can't imagine how tough it is to, you know, recollect what happened uh, back on February 11th. But 
you know, a cool moment last night when, you know, he's he's announced to the crowd in, in the first period and, and, and a rousing ovation. That must have been uh, quite the experience. Yeah, it was, it was good. I think just for us, too, as a team, the first time we kind of saw him, again, it's, it just makes – it just helps out, I guess, with your mind. And uh, obviously kind of must just the same thing with the, with the crowd when you when you see CJ again and uh, see a smile. It obviously – Lights up, lights up the mood, and everybody's excited. Joined by Colton Pareko, the St. Louis Blues here on 6:30. Chet Inside Sports. Uh, so back to the, the action on the ice and, and the playoff race here, and it's a you know kind of a different scenario, obviously, than uh, this season than it was last season when you when you just came on there in the new year and and didn't look back and and won a Stanley Cup. But you're leading the Central Division, 86 points. You got a five point cushion on the on the Colorado Avalanche, uh, and like I said, you, you've won six straight. Um, the goal of playing from now until the end of the playoffs, I mean, you're in a different scenario, you're going to the playoffs, but winning the division, winning the conference, how much and how important is that to your hockey team? I mean, it's, it's obviously important. I mean, you kind of, first off, you can start staying home ice and would be big and things like that. But um, I think just if you kind of look away from the standings and you just want to look at the perspective that you want to be, um, at full steam as a team going into the playoffs. And I think that that's kind of what happened with us last year is we we obviously didn't win our division, but at the same time we we kind of found our game and we we had a lot of lot of steam kind of going into the playoffs and we were we're hitting our stride as a group and I think that that's the biggest thing. So for us, we want to continue to uh, obviously play well, um, keep building our game, and make sure that our games that are at the best uh, it possibly can be as as the playoffs kind of hit. So I think that. Uh, Winning division, winning the conference is obviously uh, would be huge. So um, mm-hmm. for home ice and things like that. But um, as a group, I think we're just looking forward to uh, making sure that our our games at our best and that uh, we can go into the playoffs uh, full steam. And one more for you. It's the 10 year anniversary of Sidney Crosby's golden goal. Where were you <laughs> when you watched the uh, when you watched the game and uh, and who are you with and and what does it mean to you in the landscape of hockey in this country? I was at home with my family, and uh, obviously that's uh, a pretty historic moment for hockey and, and obviously our country, and that's, uh, that's an amazing uh, amazing goal and uh, definitely uh, very cool to see, and it's one that you, you'll never never forget. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't realize it was the 10-year uh, anniversary now that you mentioned it, so uh, maybe have to go, go take a watch. Yeah, I think a lot of Canadians are doing the exact same thing. There's a lot of uh, clicks on YouTube or wherever where you can find the goal, that's for sure. So, uh, Colton, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, always great to have you on the show. Uh, you're always very generous with your with your time, and uh, all the best to you uh, down the stretch here, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again sure. as, the, as the playoffs get going. Awesome. That sounds like a plan. Thanks for having me, guys. That is Colton Pareko, St. Louis Blues defenseman. Uh, I talked to Dave Campbell earlier today. Colton had some commitments this evening, but he's very generous with his time. Blues are doing great. They have won six in a row. It's 7.49. Quick uh, look at the Winnipeg Jets when we get back. The Avalanche beat the Hurricanes 3-2. Wild shut out the Blue Jackets 5-0. Flyers beat the Rangers 5-2. Rangers lose Kreider to a fractured foot. 
Raptors trail the Hornets 92-90 with two minutes left. Pandas basketball loses the Canada West Championship game 62-51 to Saskatchewan. Both teams are going to Nationals. Game one of the Women's Hockey Championship Series. Pandas up 1-0 on Mount Royal early in the second period. Oil Kings and Hurricanes 1-1 after 1. 4-4 in the 10th. Wild card game with the Briar, McEwen and Howard. They're down to skip stones. Oilers and Jets tomorrow at 6.30 for the face-off show here on 6.30 Chet. The game is at 8. Jamie Thomas, our old buddy, covers the Jets. Jamie, we're in the final three minutes of the show, so thanks for squeezing in here. Patrick Line, what's the update? Uh, later, well, they brought him. He's, he made the trip to Edmonton, uh, Reed, just to check. They'll, they'll test it out tomorrow to see, but the Jets did call up CJ Cease uh, just in case that Patrick Line can't go tomorrow. So it's it's been that kind of year for this for the team. I am Clearly, everybody knows they're missing three of their top nine forwards. It just seems like every night there's another injury. I know Oilers fans, and you know this as well. It, it seems like a, a rhetoric story uh, happens every night. Somebody gets hurt, and you go, you go on. But uh, Patrick Laine would be a significant loss if they have him out for any amount of time. But uh, the fact that he was on the plane and made the trip seems to uh, look better than it did last night. The whole saga with Bufflin, the injuries, yeah. give us a, a person or a coach or two who's been key in, in keeping it on the rails and keeping it, them in the playoff race, or maybe it hasn't been on the rails all the time. Yeah, and you know what? I think you have to give a lot of credit to Blake Wheeler. Uh, one, because you lose Brian Little, and he automatically shifts the center, right? And, and they, two years ago, Mark Shifley got hurt in a game against the Oilers and was out for 14 games, and Blake Wheeler played center, and he was outstanding. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, uh, that's a trophy candidate. He's been outstanding. And I also think you have to give uh, Paul Maurice a lot of credit uh, for keeping this group together. Uh, the theme has been stay in the fight. They've certainly been doing that. It's been a tough year, Reed, but it's been anything but boring. And in this world where you got to keep people entertained and, and people's uh, focus on you, uh, the Jets have been doing that. So like uh, key players like Lucas Pisa, uh, Anthony Potato uh, have come in. Nathan Beaulieu has been blocking shots like crazy, even though he's broken about three times blocking shots this year. So uh, I can go down the list of guys that deserve a lot of credit uh, keeping this whole thing on the rails uh, as they look on the outside looking in at a playoff spot right now. Yeah, it's 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 a fun race for sure. And uh, mm-hmm. the Jets, I mean, they're technically not in right now because Nashville has the tiebreaker. So a big game against the Oilers tomorrow. Jamie, I'll see you at the rink. I wish we had yeah. more time for you. But if I'll see you either at the game or at the morning skate or both. Looking forward to it. Sorry, man, I was bad on the XFL. I apologize. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> that is Jamie Thomas, who uh, covers the Winnipeg Jets. Of course, he used to work here in Edmonton uh, back in the day for good old A-Channel. Who remembers that? Okay, I gave you your scores there. Uh, the Briar wildcard game, I guess, I don't know if we're going to have a final uh, before Inside Sports. Who's doing news tonight? Maybe Thomas will have it. It's a 4-4 McEwen and Howard in the 10th. McEwen has the hammer, and they, they each have one stone remaining. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. My name is Reed Wilkins. I will talk to you from Rogers Place tomorrow night. Have a great weekend. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.